What's going on, guys? It's Slav. Um, before we get into the interview here with Ben Braddock, I just wanted to give uh, a heads up that the audio quality we got from him was a little bit rough. Um, we decided to release it anyways, but I wanted to give uh, this little intro. Squid Game. I'm just I'm just scrolling Twitter, just saying the stuff I'm reading out loud. I should I should stop, <laughs> dude. I'm so fucking tired, dude. I drank more coffee than I've had in probably two years today, and like I felt like I was about to just like hurl right before I came on, and now oh, I just no. I, now I feel drunk. Like this is the closest to drunk I've been in four years. It's gonna be a great episode though, guys. Hey, Let's go. Nice. Yeah, we got one person that's drunk on coffee. We got one person that's smoking crack. Let's fucking go. And what and what are you what are you, what are you sipping on, COH? I've actually been sober today. Oh, nice. It's my uh, today's my like Sabbath day, so like sun up to sundown. I don't really uh, like smoke weed or do anything or like look at technology, computer shit, phone shit. <clears throat> oh, is nice that like is that like a is that like a thing you like legit do? Yeah, that is awesome. Good for you. Yeah, I try to go outside and do something uh, and spend some That's time out there. I do some tai chi under the sun for a little while. Touch some fucking grass. About this shit. Yeah. He's about that life. I respect that. All right, that. moment of truth. Moment hey, of truth, Ben. What you got? Hear me now? Yeah, uh, hear me now. Yeah, we can hear you. All right, good. Sick. Okay, let me... <clears throat> um, okay, so Craig is recording. You still have Audacity, so that should be good. <clears throat> um, okay. So, yeah. CRK's got the coof. Yeah. I've, oh, you, you got know, COVID? I think, I think I had COVID. I think I had it because I was sick yesterday. It went away because uh, I have Chad immunity natural immunity do, but, do you uh, do you actually think you had it nah 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 i mean it was it was probably like a sinus infection or something. i had no other symptoms or whatever but uh yeah but also like you know if you're chad you're not gonna get covid you know it's it's a beta move to get covid that's what yeah I it's think. a losing mindset <clears throat> hey out, come yeah. on now come on <laughs> <laughs> This is at Trustworthy Slav. This is at Incognito, C-O-H. C-R-K, black.com build. This is the Fed Post. Yeah, I uh, finally got it live. I was uh, up in people's faces who had it for like a year and three months or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't wearing masks. I was traveling around, all that. I don't know how it took me so long, but how bad was it? Anyway, um, uh, I was treating it early, and I was taking like ivermectin as a prophylactic. Horse paste? Yeah, that's a cut. Uh, no, no, I got the human formulation. I ordered it off <laughs> of uh, India Mart. There's also Mexican pharmacies like uh, Farmacia del Nino. Um, yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. I just find that whole horse paste thing very funny. Like the left freaking horse like, paste. It's freaking horse medicine, Ben. <laughs> it made me want to take it just I, to spite uh, them. After I had COVID, I did uh, try horse paste once just to see what it was like. It was fine. Based. Yeah. I, uh, I had it on some uh, toasted Italian bit bread when I was over in uh, Tuscany a few weeks back with some uh, bruschetta and a nice uh, Lombrosco. Hey, <laughs> this, is, nice. this is very, very fine. Very it's, based. 
like Hannibal you just Lecter. Triggered, triggered mad people with that. <laughs> I saw that pic you posted. Yeah, you were like on the island of Chad's, or whatever. It was like you guys all had like ivermectin and spread. That that was base. That was tight. Yeah, it was a good. Situation. I just carry around a tube of the stuff, and uh, you know, whenever I see a lip, I just like whip it out. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of like just uh, that? I don't think we really talked about the ivermectin thing because, like, I mean, that was the only thing that got me like a ban. Uh, just mentioning the word. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if it's worth talking That's about. Okay. It kind of died down. But what yeah, yeah, uh, I actually got a well, I got a suspension for it. Uh, <laughs> and what I was saying, actually, it wasn't even like that. I was promoting it. I was saying that like. I don't know how much longer the antivirals are going to be that effective if the viral replication rate was as high as they were saying. This was like early July, and they were saying like, oh, actually, the viral load with Delta variant is, you know, so much higher than with the original variant. And I'm like, yeah, this mm-hmm. stuff could like break through the antivirals. This stuff. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even like promoting it. I was saying that like we might be getting to a point where it's not going to be as effective. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it must be doing something else that's not necessarily an antiviral action that might be doing it uh it's it's used in a cream for uh skin disorders uh it's like an anti-inflammatory that's applied mm-hmm. topically and they haven't really researched it as a anti-inflammatory internally but it, you know same mechanism should work fine and now they're trying to you know people are saying they're like oh this like new drug from merck this is just like ivermectin and they're just you know kind of rebranding it Mm. And I took a look at, you know, how it was working. I was like, no, no, this is a lot scarier than that. Like, this is, you know, I'd much rather take ivermectin than uh, this stuff. Just because the way it works is it uh, scrambles the RNA of the viral protease, which like uh, kind of is used in like the replication. But the problem is like humans also have this type of enzyme that it scrambles the RNA for. And, you know, the RNA creates or assembles DNA. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, well, like, what if there's these other enzymes in my body and this medication like scrambles it, something goes off the you know, the wires and like 10 years later, I have cat, mad cow disease. Like, you know, how's this going to work? Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it might work. So I, I you know, reserve judgment. But, you know, I don't rush out to uh, try like the latest things that come out because some of this stuff you don't know about until, you know, a decade later that there's safety issues. Um, right. That's you know I, I kind of stick to the stuff that's been around for a long time and has a very known uh, safety profile. You know you know what can go wrong with it, how you can uh, deal with that, how you can mm-hmm. take steps to prevent it, but which people shouldn't take it, et cetera, et cetera. So that's generally kind of um, how I feel with like the actual vaccines that are coming out too. Though like that's my that's my reservation on it is that like it just hasn't those haven't been enough either or used for this application long enough either uh, to have yeah, any type well, of long term tests and stuff. Uh, especially mRNA because that's really just never been, you know, it's like for the first uh, human experiment it's going to involve 5 billion people you know, like for mRNA technology generally um, when you're dealing with something that is a gene therapy like that I think you've got to be a lot more careful because it might not just affect you it might uh, affect any kids you might have after you take it you know, like, so one doctor was talking about how you know, normally RNA it like degrades really quickly so it doesn't hang around in your body so it's not really around to you know be incorporated into your dna um but this stuff is, this mrna has been lab stabilized so it does hang around and there's these like reverse transcriptase enzymes that can take that rna and just like write it into your dna there's a doctor uh last year who was like well what's going to happen if 
you know, some percentage of people get this written into their DNA. If they have kids, their kids are somehow, you know, expressing the spike protein as part of their, it's in their DNA or they encounter spike protein and their bodies don't identify it as like a foreign pathogen because, you know, it's got the code for it written into the, its DNA, right? It's not going to recognize it as something else. So, so you know, there's a, little, a lot of this, right? That, you know, there might be some problem with the, uh, with the RNA process that it would disrupt the process in your own body and that can lead to proteins misfolding and then you have like Kurtzfeld Jakob's disease. Mm-hmm. And it's like a degenerative thing that just like eats your brain. You know, it's like these prions. Uh there's all that. You know, I don't know how how much stock meets some of some of the theories are you know, plausible on the surface. But just you know, with our experience with some of the more recent pharmaceuticals, stuff like Oxycontin, you know, they, the yeah. FDA said for 10 years that it was not addictive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't talk why. to anybody ever took Oxycontin. <laughs> like, yeah, clearly. Medical, medically or whatever, if you had a surgery or anything, you'd be like, like wow. no, I know I would want more of that, you know. <laughs> I didn't know about that. I didn't. I didn't know that was. Uh, yeah. yeah I mean, and the, the justification, the justification for it was like a letter that was written, I think, in 1982 by a guy at some hospital in Boston that said it appeared that these uh, opiate derivatives didn't have like a an addictive effect, but the way they were being used in the hospital was like one or two days, you know, just like post surgery. Mm-hmm. And the way that oxycontin was actually being used out in the wild and the public was like to, for treatment of chronic pain. You know, people who had back injuries from working in coal mines or whatever else. And so they're not taking it for one or two days like they're recovering from the surgeries. Like this is just given for pain management like Advil. <clears throat> and it was uh, it was interesting how they, how it came to light that uh, this was causing a lot of excess deaths. Uh, Washington state has I think it's it's either the only or there might be like one other state that does this but the workers compensation program is completely ran by the state and it's it's a good place to look at uh to do research because they've got like you know all this data right on all the these workers comp plans and this sort of stuff there's a woman she was a, a chief pharmacist for the workers comp uh or whatever it is and she started like investigating and yeah, interesting backstory. She uh, she fled Vietnam as a little girl with her family, and you know, like attacked by pirates in Thailand or whatever else before she finally got over, got over here as a refugee. Uh, you know, she used that uh, Asian acuity for math uh, <laughs> for good, and uh, she started like once. digging into it. She's like, well, you know, one of the things was that the way that the deaths were being coded were using like the existing. Uh, ICD codes that like they would put on a death certificate, but they didn't really have like a, you know, opiate related one that really fit that well, you know, so it was anything from like heroin overdose to, you know, stop breathing, right? So it's all like all these different, say, causes of death, all these different codes that codes that code for that. And so it wasn't like popping up, you know, it wasn't just falling under one number. So it wasn't showing up in the, like the yearly reports, right? Mm-hmm. She actually looked through the death certificates like exhaustively, picked, a, picked out which ones that, you know, had like uh, the signs that, you know, can be from a opioid overdose. And I like, came to the conclusion that this was the second leading cause of death for the workers uh, right after car accidents. Wow. So she was like the first one to pick up on this. And, you know, she has like no, she's not an epidemiologist. She has like no formal training. And, 
you know, none of this stuff. She's like, she's a pharmacist. And so she was doing all this statistical analysis, just kind of on her own, the project, and she found it. And, and that was when we, you know, like the first institutional indications that something was really wrong was going on. I think that was like late 90s or early 2000s. But it, it still took a long time. Uh, there was a U.S. attorney down in Southwest Virginia, a guy by the name of John Brownlee, who uh, he was the first one to uh, bring uh, their charges or suit or whatever uh, against Purdue Pharmaceutical. And the day before he was going to announce it, he got called up to meet with Comey for like four hours, I think, to talk him out of it. Uh, is only at that time, I think it was our Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, Purdue even sent in Rudy Giuliani to like try to talk him out of it. Uh, I'm like, what? Like, you're just going to get this, you know, random 9-11 mayor to like just roll up to these prosecutors <laughs> and be like, hey, you shouldn't, uh, you know, file this thing against this uh, pharmaceutical company. Uh, this, what, do you do you support the Taliban? Uh so it was, it was a right. long time coming after this stuff was in use. And, you know, you have all these conflict of interest. There's a uh, article, I think it came out today, actually, on ProPublica. It was saying that uh, McKinsey was advising both the FDA and Purdue at the same time. Like, they were working for the regulator and the regulatee. And, you know, like they didn't disclose wow. this or any of this stuff. And so it's uh, one hand knows what the other's doing. And Johnson & Johnson was in on that, too. So that's oh, why. I'm, well, like, <laughs> all right, Pfizer and Moderna are out because they're mRNA. Johnson and Johnson because they have a history of poisoning people, and they make the Johnson and probably out of the three, Johnson and Johnson would be like the least bad. But you know, they make it at this factory in West Baltimore that's been plagued by for years because there's like mold growing in the place, and like the employees don't know how to do the stuff safety the safely. Um, New York Times, I think at this point, it's had a couple of articles on it. And one was like, oh, well, they had to throw out 60 million doses of vaccine because like they mixed it up wrong. Yeah. Yeah, um, everybody yeah. thinks that these vaccines are like coming out of this gleaming Theranos lab. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Is this, 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 this uh, well, I mean, there's, there's sort of been a smear even before all this started of, of anti-vax Karen. You know, that was just a thing on like lib and left of like... Uh, you know, people who are anti-vax are like right wing, and uh, it was you know, weird. It like kicked, it like kicked into overdrive like three or four years ago, seemingly overnight. Yeah, and I, I got I, a uh, I got a tweet uh, screenshot I came across the other day from where uh, Hillary Clinton was popping off about anti-vaxxers in November 2019. Holy shit! Yeah. Timing there. Yeah, I mean it's it's always been there, and now it's like in overdrive. But it's it's just funny that. Uh, like yeah, it's it's clearly like a new drug. It's clearly like new territory. It's clearly rushed. It's clearly experimental. But like you know, if you, it's it's not like you know if you'd get the shot for like uh, any other serious disease or whatever. Like we most of us have. Like I don't have any issue with any of that shit. But somehow you're just lumped in with like you know anti-vax yeah, yeah, like term. Like it's just an easy term. Just a smear. I, I used to not have a problem with the other ones. Now I'm like regretting that last tetanus shot. <laughs> really? Dude, absolutely. Really? Dude, this has me genuinely questioning vaccines now. <laughs> like, is, is this why I got asthma as a kid? You know, like without any problem until I had to like finally go for these school boosters and then suddenly I'm having asthma attacks. Like, what's going on here? I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, the other diseases is like this one. Just This one just seems different to me. I don't know. This one just is, is, is too... I think this is this is definitely worse because if you look at uh, some of the reporting on like excess deaths among young people, 
Yeah. There are there were a lot more this summer, but only among the groups that were old enough to get the vaccine. Right? Uh-huh. So it's not just like you can't, you know, it, it segments out, right? Because if it was with all kids, you could be like, okay, well, maybe it's like the stress or maybe, you know, suicides or like whatever else. But no, it cuts off at, you know, I think like 12 years old. Um, and you know, people have looked into this and there's just a lot more cardiac events. And it's actually the it's worse the younger you are, right? Because part of it is uh, these older people and, and fat people getting the vaccine, they're getting a lot of the vaccine injected into fat like not in the muscle. And if you inject the stuff in the fat, then you're not getting nearly as much of a dose right? because most of it just like gets contained there and then like leaks out over the course of months, but it's not enough to hurt the immune system. Mm. So you know, that's like not that different than saline doses. And if you inject it, if you accidentally hit a uh, blood vessel, you know, like vein or something, you inject it, that seems to be the highest risk that it's going to mess your heart up. Because uh, it goes right into your bloodstream, not into the muscle. Right. And I, I keep seeing all these news articles, you know, like with stock footage of, uh, you know, some nurse vaccinating somebody and they're like doing the pinch wrong. And I'm like, that's a subcutaneous <laughs> shot. That's not an intermuscular shot. <laughs> you know, congratulations. This is nothing. Uh, but, you know, even if it goes into the muscle, then, you know, young men have the highest rates of myocarditis. Um, so it's probably either hitting blood vessels or going into the muscle and it's just, they've got way too much, uh, of a dose because, you know, they're like 15, their immune system is in great shape. It's not like a 80 year old person in a nursing home where you have to give them like a huge dose to get any kind of response. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. And I'm the more I'm still... muscle tissue you have, the more spike protein you make and all this. So it, it, and that's the thing. It's like one dose for everybody. This makes no sense at all. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think yeah, and and what you're describing too of of, of sort of like being equivalent to like a saline shot, like I, in my mind, like again, I'm still not that concerned with what's in the vaccine. I think I think the things around it, like the economic coercion, are more more important. I think I think the disease is 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 sort of made up. You know what I mean? It's not that it's not a real virus, but I think the panic around it is completely made up. So I feel like the vaccine is sort of also made up it's just it's none of it is based on anything really like it's just a flu shot in my mind it's it's, it's i don't know that's how i view it i, I don't think there's anything really well maybe Sir there's K, something well i mean you're I, saying, well, well, well to his to ben's point that like we don't know because in 10 years and i said this earlier too is like if hypothetically there was something to come out that it was actually like ruining your dna and your kids dna or whatever there would be no consequences for these people that's that's for sure course. yeah there's no consequence now when like 15 year olds are dying of this stuff like perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, like the number of kids that have died from this virus has been you know, extremely small, even compared to other viruses like RSV or the flu, you know, like all these common things that, you know, was just, we just considered a normal part of growing up, right? You're going to get sick sometimes. And so it's like, there's no benefit for them. Vaccine doesn't prevent you from transmitting it. Right. So it's not going to be, it's not going to protect your teachers or anything. Um, and if it does have an effect, it's an individual thing, right? So my choice to get it or to not get it, only impact that I could potentially see it having on you is if it turned me into an asymptomatic carrier of it. And so yeah. I was out, you know, at the rave because I felt good and gave it to 70 people. Yeah. They're right? creating it, it asymptomatic a- spreaders yeah. that they've been worried about in the first place with that. Super you spreaders. look at the countries that are having the worst surges right now, and they're all in places that are really highly vaxxed. Like Singapore, it's going crazy now. Really? So, 
Mm. The vaccinated super spreader hypothesis, it's it's real. We're seeing it in place after place. You know, Iceland, Israel, you know, Israel, like you're not fully vaccinated until you get the third one. They just said that you know, if you mm. only had two doses, you're a filthy anti-vax. Um, <laughs> well, and Israel's a really interesting one, too, because isn't I mean, aren't the numbers coming out of Israel just like showing that the the like the failure of the vaccine is yep. just such a like a, a a smaller time window than anyone would have predicted and it's such a humongous drop off in effectiveness yeah and, and that might be partly because they're using all pfizer instead of like a mix of vaccines so it, pro- it provides a better like terrain for the virus to operate on it only oh you know, oh is in like the environment is creating for the virus it yeah. it okay right 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 okay they say mixing vaccines like helps helps uh and like creates it like more tricky well you know they do say diversity is our strength right, right, right. <laughs> no yo i remember that study where they were saying like people were like getting multiple vaccines of like the same and just like combining a bunch of different brands just to like yeah. I don't know. It's, it just sounds insane to me. But Israel's a funny extra chromosomes, bro. Yeah, another make head your, and all make that. Your, make your dick get bigger. I don't know. Uh, Israel's just funny. Like they were like, oh yeah, the the vaccinated population is about to drop by thirty percent because you you don't count as vaccinated with your vax passport unless you have the third shot. You like you you yeah. getting demoted to, to unvaccinated, even though these people Dude, more than thirty percent. I think I think it's like closer yeah. to over half. I thought insane that could be wrong. Shit. Well, and I think even here in the U.S., there's a lot of people that aren't even going back to get their second booster in the first place. Um, And so like here, that number has got to be a pretty large percentage of people that would be, quote unquote, not covered under that immunity either. Um, And so I don't know. That's something that bugs me when people are like, oh, dude, you're just like one crazy person. Uh, everyone, like all the working class is vaccinated. Don't even worry about it a lot. It's like 70 something percent of people. This is a boutique issue. And it's like, dude, it's like 70 percent of black people in New York are unvaccinated. Yeah, I'm starting to think that, you know, go back, you look at some of Biden's quotes about the Confederacy and how, you know, Delaware would have been part of the Confederacy. But, you know, there were some Yankee states in the way and all this kind of stuff. I'm starting to think like the guys in neo Confederate, he's putting up Jim Crow, you know, under our noses all over again. You got Richard Spencer out chilling for the backs. You know, something's going on. Going on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Fucking A. Fucking A. I, yeah, I think I, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the, the Spencer and like in, in the left, too. I mean, it's this like what you were talking to about, like that history of like Oxycontin and like all the big pharma scandals, like the tainted blood scandal in Canada and like, you know, decades ago. And or all like stuff. that Pfizer anti-smoking drug that they just recently came out and said, oh, that's actually giving people cancer and fucking Antics. people up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah. get all the cancer and none of the fun. Yeah, exactly. You don't even look fucking cool taking Chantix. Are you kidding me? You just get, <laughs> you just get depression. Can't even. Yeah, now cancer, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly. You can't, but you can't go outside and 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 bum a Chantix off somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just funny, like the 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 short it's, it's COVID is sort of like made like a, a a memory hole where it's just like everything before this, like there's no history. Like it's just like it, like the left is supposedly like, you know, anti big pharma like a year ago or whatever with right. for a and all that and just just carved out just something just carved this year out of history. And now they're just like. It's like, hey, don't you remember these are like the bad guys? They do bad shit. They they hurt people for money. They're drug dealers, glorified drug dealers. Do you remember any of that shit? And it's like, no, and, it's like it's back, not gone. Vaccine, vaccine skepticism used to be like a, you know, West Coast lefty kind of yeah. thing. Mm. You get like, 
there was some common ground where you would get like church moms in the Midwest who would get into like alternative health and stuff. Mm, but right. For the most part, like Malibu was ground zero for this kind of thing, you know, Los Angeles. And I, I uh, from out there and uh, I've got a lot of friends back there that they're still, you know, they're, they're working on set now, but they're doing big cards. Like, I mean, yeah, dude, like, like every yeah. fucking, because I'm on the West Coast, and like every fucking, uh, like granola hippie that I know has basically like all but gone MAGA at this point. Uh, like, yeah, over, the, yeah. over COVID. Um, I mean that that like pushed a lot of them over if they weren't already in that camp mm-hmm. to begin with. Because wow. I mean, because that's the thing is that they have that like kind of aut- that like political issue autism. Where they have a, a a number like a handful of boutique issues right, that they right. just that they care about passionately. Yeah, right? single issue voters. Yeah, that's that's more normal than. Well, it's like they're, they're like single issue voters, but for like a dozen hyper specific yeah. things that no one else gives a shit about. Yeah. And they don't lump yeah. together usually. Like they're not ones yeah. that are easily <laughs> representable. Yeah. And they yeah. listen to <laughs> all the Joe Rogan episodes that no one else listens to. <laughs> <I> love- <laughs> <laughs> they're the people who like uh, Tulsi Gabbard and Marion Williams. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Right. And yeah, dude, I know like a lot of, a lot of, I'm talking like people I know that like, I'm talking like like grew weed back in the day. Fucking fucking naturopathic shit going on. MAGA. MAGA. Several that I know. It's That's it's wild. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's weird. Yeah. There's a there's a bit is like and black also, people not liking not liking the vaccines. It's just like it's just interesting that uh it just is just yeah, I don't I don't buy the narrative that uh, everybody this is boutique and everybody's I, getting the vax. Everybody I, wants it because because Stephen Colbert is doing think, fucking the vaccine dance. Everybody wants this. What are you talking about? Everybody I, loves this. I think the numbers, especially for young people, are being cooked. Uh, mm-hmm. by, the, by like people like Keith Olbermann who've gotten 10 shots, but they're like just getting under different names, right? So they're just going by like doses administered. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's like going to be to the point where you're going to have, you're going to have libs like down on the boulevard, you know, offering like sex acts in exchange for, you know, a Pfizer booster. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Like Chappelle meme where he's like ashy and scratchy and he's like, anyone got them boosters? Anyone <laughs> yeah. got the Pfizer red tops and blue tops? <laughs> These sick fucks. I mean, well, this whole fucking thing you see trotted out recently of something like somewhere in the range of like between 70 and 80 between 70 and 80 percent of Americans have gotten their vaccine. And it's, it's just the first one. It's just the first one. Yeah. Like, and I don't even fucking trust that number in the fucking first place, man. Like, there's if, no if that's number. If that number is real, why is COVID worse than it's ever been? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like before the vaccine, and it's because like the, the vaccine created Delta. That's yeah. the, it, it worked against the original variant, but like these people, you know, they they claim to like love the idea of teaching evolution in schools and all this. But when it comes down to actually understanding evolution, <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> to me, Dude, it you just don't seems get like it, guys. It's just sense. the it's just the Delta, bro. It's just the Delta. It's so much worse, bro. And you guys don't get it. Lambda after that. That's, lambda. That's... I, I, I'm else. like physically you? stopping myself from saying uh, ligma. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I just, I, yeah, w- with this Israel thing, I mean, like, yeah, and, and the, the vaccination status changing and the booster thing changing. And like, I mean, they've hinted at yeah. this for a while. I mean, I've been I've been saying like this is going to happen. Like, yeah, I mean, I just think uh, it's just it's just going to be funny when all these people that think of like, oh, I'm like. I'm vaccinated. I'm a good person. I'll be in the protected class. It's like you, you, and, and, you know, there's sort of like a buyer's remorse or like a cognitive dissonance where like, all right, well, I'm vaccinated. So I need to 
rep the side because I don't want to look like an idiot. But it's like, yo, if if you if you did that just to get along, just to go along, just because it's easier or whatever, you're not your your protected status is temporary. It's fleeting because you're going to be part of the deplorables in a second. And then until you get the yeah. booster and then again with the next brand and again. So like there's no need to feel like a cognitive dissonance of like I got to I got to well, I'm stuck with this because like I got I don't want to look stupid. It's like, no, you, you look stupid if you just keep going along with this. It's going to it's going to be every six months. It's every fucking six months and they're going to keep doing this. And, you know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's going to be an access thing. It's going to be how high status you were. That was getting the original vaccine was if you were higher status, you were bragging about it. Like, oh, I I got connections to get me the vax early before everybody else. This is how it's going to be with the boosters. It's going to be a class thing, obviously. And like well, some uh, people are now disgusted that they got it in the first place. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Just like pussy, like I wish I never had to, yeah, over in Italy, they were burning their vaccine cards at this protest over the mandates, right? People who were vaccinated, but they resent the idea of having to show a card to get into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so they were just like creating this little pile and like lighting it up and, you know, I'm back saying we're hugging him and crying on and all this <laughs> crying on him and all this stuff. It's like it's a very Italian uh city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's they're they're in a weird spot and, and I was talking about this before, but they're in a weird spot where they have to sell the efficacy of the booster by downplaying the existing booster, but they also have to get people who haven't gotten the first shot, the first shot. So they're in like this weird limbo where they keep having to say that the vaccine doesn't do shit, but then it's like they have well, to eliminate the control group too. They have to what? They have to eliminate the control group too. Because you can't have people comparing. Well, everybody needs to get the shot, right? So the reason for that, uh, I think, is that if you have like half the population vaccinated, half the population unvaccinated, and after that, uh, after the antibodies start declining, you can compare the two populations. Like people were doing with Israel early on in England and, you know, other places that had better data. CDC is not tracking any of this stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And be like, hey, actually, the amount of people in the hospital uh, is basically proportionate to the amount of people vaccinated in these age groups in this area. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like it shows that there's not really much effect. Right. Right. And I would, I, like I would still allow there might be some effect, but you know, Pfizer and Moderna's own uh, you know longer term follow up studies showed that there was no improvement in the all cause mortality. Like same amount of people are dying in the control group as in the tree, as in the vaccine group. So yeah. it's yeah, like I mean, the total effect is basically null. It's a washout, you know. Like it, it might save some lives from COVID, but then it's also like killing some people. And other, it's just like a, you know, coin toss whether you're trading your risk of COVID for risk or a heart attack, or whatever else. So I've said like you know, people should get it are the ones who are you know pretty serious risk of COVID. Sure, for sure. Uh, it's when you're trying to push it on people who have natural, natural, natural immunity. Sorry, correct said earlier. Oh, you can't say right. that. You can't say that phrase anymore. That's, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's a taboo no, yeah, the human, the human immune system is now a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, it's taboo. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, that, this third shot is, this third shot's eating my brain. Sorry. Uh, no, they're pushing on people who have natural immunity. Uh, people like teenagers, school kids, everybody else. And by putting it in, kind of perspective it's like i had a flu uh back in 2018 at one point i like i actually thought i was legit might die i was on like week two of this thing it killed eighty thousand people in the span of two months if it had been as contagious as covid it it would have like modeled that right in terms of uh death toll and whatever but no one said it you know there was like maybe two news articles when the cdc reported like the death toll but people you know, it's it's kind of like the the line from the Dark Knight, where he's like, uh, uh, 
somebody and it blows up a truck full of soldiers and nobody blinks an eye because it's all part of the plan. Right. Yeah, but exactly. if anything out of the ordinary happens and everybody works. Yeah, the opioid and, epidemic, all this shit. Like, where, where is all the concern there? All the comorbidities, these libs tell me like, oh, well, you know, we're in a nation that's very fat. We have these, that's just the nation we live in. It's like, yeah, but where was the concern there? How come I never hear shit about that? And Slav, like Slav said, like the fucking 5% of the people that died of COVID uh, had no comorbidities. So 95% had comorbidities. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's just like, there was no concern for any of this. And, and the thing about that is, the thing about that is like 60% of Americans have some form of comorbidity. 50% of them have two or more of the comorbidities associated with yeah. COVID. And so it's like, we, you know, this is a sick country. Like it's a, you know, it's just a open air hospital. And, so and our healthcare is garbage. Expect, you know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, our preventative garbage, care is garbage. We spend more of it uh, more on healthcare as a percentage of GDP than any other country on earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we get nothing from it except profits for the, uh, the corporations that run the hospitals mm-hmm. and for the pharmaceutical companies and then lots of money for the bureaucracy. Yeah, and yeah. just, I mean, it's, it's, in, it's insane. Like there's no return on investment, yeah. but now it's such a huge portion of our economy that whether it delivers good healthcare or not, they preserve the structure. Because it would so, it would be like so destabilizing, right? Like the yeah. way the medicines change. You know, doctors are now like just taking instructions from computers, pretty much. Because yeah, like mm. these hospitals, well, you don't have these independent hospitals so much anymore. You have like a, it's all you know, like one company will own you know twenty hospitals in a state, right? So it's like this whole like a regional health uh, mm. system or whatever, and uh, and they're all saying like, okay, well, this is the way you're going to treat COVID patients. I, I talked to a nurse at ICU yesterday. Uh, I was on She's like, she knows that the vets in the room does severe aren't working, right? Like, she can't give people really like any other treatments or things that she thinks would work as uh, the electronic health records. Just like part of Obamacare, you know, everybody's health records had to be electronic. Actually, I think one of the worst parts and one of the parts that like Republicans just kind of totally ignored because they didn't understand the impact it was going to have. But, uh, all this stuff is locked, right? So you've got like, yeah, your employer is a spy looking over your shoulder, seeing what kind of care you're getting. So doctor, doctors and nurses, they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, yeah, so leeway in determining. They, they can't really practice medicine. Their hands are tied. You can't practice yeah. medicine in the same yeah. way. I mean, it's the a last time I... Administration, like administration system that, yeah. Our, med schools, our med schools don't fail out hardly anybody. Like, it's all, you know, even in even once you know they get like placed at the hospital or whatever you know you can have them getting like a degrade in surgery you know be really bad at surgery it's all pass fail and like the med schools have this huge incentive to just pass people because their uh accreditation uh loans stuff will get messed up if they're if they're failing a bunch of students who've taken out you know half a million dollars in debt it's backed <laughs> by the government, right? Well, I mean, and at this point, as, just, at this point, is is anyone up. is anyone failing students out anywhere across any fucking uh, <laughs> programs? And here's the thing: if you're if you're yeah. really bad, like if you're actually bad enough to fail out, you can still go to the Caribbean. They got oh, all these yeah. med schools there. Oh yeah, my you friend, know, the and you just hang in your med. Yeah, that was the go-to if it's so too get, hard. You, you get a huge variability, and a, a lot of the actual talent, they go into the specialties. They become like neurologists, plastic surgeons, whatever else. And the people you, you would want to be actually really top of it, um, like the family doctors, right? The ones who like people to pick up on stuff. 
uh, that's like you just get a mix of people who are like the dregs or just, you know, you get a handful of people who they just really wanted to do family medicine because they were getting into medicine for some other reason than, you know, status and income. Uh, and there's not, you know, there's not a lot of the, those, that second type, the idealist and oh, yeah. the ones that oh, there yeah. are, they get, they get ground down by the system really quick. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. Like so if you're, it, if you're good and you put your heart into it, you get chewed up and spit out. Like this oh, is yeah. in college, like all it, the kids it, I met who were like trying to be a doctor or whatever. I was like, Oh, what are you trying to do? They're like, yeah, I want to be a doctor. I want to make bank. That was the full sentence. That was the extent of it. Like that was most of those kids. And yeah, if, if it didn't work out, then they'd go to the Caribbeans. Like that was just the plan. It was just, it was just to make money. And so like, I've never, you know, that's, that's just, that's just how it's usually been. And like, yeah, the whole, the whole, like there's, there's like, I have doctors in my family and like, you know, they'll say like, you know, you can be in a state and they'll be like two surgeries, like the same surgery costs like $10,000 different in the same state. You know what I mean? Just like a little bit at different hospitals well, or whatever. Up in Pennsylvania, the, uh, the Amish will actually help build hospitals. They're not charging. It's just like a community thing. Right. And then they'll take the Amtrak to Mexico to get health care because they can't afford the hospital bills up there mm-hmm. uh, because they're also honest people who pay their debts and don't do what you're really supposed to do, which is like, you know, either ignore the bill collectors or like declare bankruptcy or something. Uh, it, you know, it's a system yeah. that also like it, it punishes people who are like actually trying to do the right thing. Or, you know, the people with the behaviors that make high trust societies exist. Right, you're like you're right. punishing any you know pro-social behavior, and you're right. really incentivizing people to just be as you know nakedly self-interested as possible. Yeah, that's pretty ubiquitous. I feel like across all industries, but it's just so much more like visceral when it's the healthcare industry because that's oh, yeah. specifically meant yeah. to be a public good. Uh, and, oh, yeah. necessity. And, and it's 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 life and death. I mean, I, I had a weird thing happen to me uh, back in May. And I was like getting short of breath and I've got like this, uh, genetic blood clotting factor thing going on. So I was like, all right, I really hate hospitals going to hospitals, but I've got like symptoms of a pulmonary embolism. Like I might have clots in my lungs. I should probably go get this checked out. So I go up to the hospital and by the time I, uh, walk in the emergency room, I am like really short of breath. Like my lung is, my right lung is not fully inflating. And, and it's like starting to get kind of pain. And so first thing I walk in and I try to tell the woman, I'm like, I'm having trouble breathing. And she's like, I need you to put on a mask. And I was like, I'm having trouble breathing. And she's like, it's hospital policy. <laughs> so I put this stupid mask on, uh, which doesn't help things. Cause like, you know, I'm like, I'm just trying to get a breath. In, right. <laughs> now I've got to like try to right. do this thing. And it takes, um, uh, over four hours to do a CT scan of my chest to see if there was a blood clot in there. It had been a blood clot, you know, at any minute if that thing had slipped. Be too late. You know, these things will take the pulmonary embolism will take you out in a matter of minutes. It's irreversible. Uh, if you got a big one. And so then like the doctor comes in, she's like, Well, it's not blood clots, but you've got this huge air bubble in your chest cavity by your heart and your lungs partially collapsed. She's all freaked out. She's like, There's an ambulance coming to take you to this other hospital. Uh, which is like a pretty renowned hospital actually, even nationally. Jeez. And so I go there. I'm like, okay, I'm dying. It's cool. And <laughs> yeah, get ambulance takes me, like loads me in. Uh, I'm in this dingy emergency room all night on a stretcher. Uh, I ask a nurse for pain killers at like 2 a.m. She comes back at like 7 a.m. with a Tylenol. 
and none of these doc and none of these doctors or nurse practitioners or anybody have any idea like how to deal with the situation. And so finally, like eight o'clock the next morning, and my back's killing me at this point too, because these stretchers are crazy uncomfortable. I get transferred up to like a normal room to where at least they're, you know, compassionate enough to give me some Dilaudid and uh, uh, knock me out enough to where I can, you know, get some sleep. And at this point, like the sleep deprivation is like making me, uh, I think, even worse than the, the issue I was having. Finally, they get a doctor around sometime in the afternoon the next day. He comes in for like 10 minutes and was like, oh, this happens sometimes if you're young and tall. We can go ahead and discharge you. And, uh, you know, like I was out of there, not before uh, some nurse like yanked the IV out by like the tube instead of like pulling it where the port was. <laughs> I had like blood spurting all over me. Oh, my God. And, you know, thankfully I have good insurance, but like they build my insurance like 80 grand. And I would still get like random bills like, you know, all right, this is your part of the copay for the ambulance. This was $800, this, that, uh, and like that whole experience, I was like, all right, next time, even if it is a fatal blood clot, I'm just going to die at home because this place was so depressing, so dehumanizing. Yeah. yeah. Every time and I've been to a hospital like, for like an emergency situation, it's, it's always been bleak. And yeah, the ambulance is like fucking thousands of dollars. I just I, not, I just didn't pay it. I just like was like, I'm not paying this. I told them I'm not paying this shit. Like I was accompanying someone in an accident. I was in a car accident. I just was with them in the in the ambulance just to be like nice because she was like her hand got fucked up and they were trying to charge me two thousand for like sitting in the ambulance even though I was fine. I was like I'm not paying this shit. And hey, this bro, I was just a passenger, not a patient. Yeah, and there's mad people who like just don't pay it and they you get away with it. You just you just don't pay it and like they can't really do shit about it. Like they let it go because it's so. I bet they're chasing so many people. You know what I mean? Like maybe your credit score gets a little dinged. I don't know. I don't think mine was, but like. Just don't pay it. Just fuck them. Like they're, they're it's, it's bullshit. And people take Ubers and, instead of ambulances to the oh, fucking yeah. house. Sicko shit. Well, they're, they're, they're going to have to do a lot more of that now because like they're losing paramedics to these vaccine mandates. Oh like, my god! Yo. Uh, I was at yesterday. It was crazy. It was like you only had a handful of nurses running an ICU unit that was three times as many nurses as was there. Uh, a lot of patients. They didn't have a polling team like the people who flip people over so they can. Uh, be face down. That helps out a lot with COVID. Uh, like helps with keeping people from having it, you know, going ventilators or whatever. Uh, and I was like, in the lab results, like the lab results, that should take an hour to get back. New uh, saying can like take up to two days because they just didn't have enough lab techs. And I was like asking the nurse, I was like, like what is going on here? And she's like, well, you know, like we were already having some staffing issues. You know, people were like burning out and stuff. Like, but then, like, the mandates came down. And, like, there were just, there were quite a few people who worked at the hospital. They already had COVID because they've been exposed for, you know, 16 months and off. And they just weren't comfortable with this. And, they, like, that was, it was enough to where they would leave good paying jobs and just say, screw it. And that's, like, the same thing for some of the paramedics. Yeah. It, paramedics are actually, like, they're, they're one of the groups of workers. Uh, in a society that I think they do probably one of the toughest jobs. Like I, I, I've got just an enormous amount of respect for them, and they really don't get a lot of uh, praise. But like they're the people, they're the ones who show up when somebody's in their house having a medical crisis, right? And they've got to like figure out what's going on, and then and, and they're you know some people see them as like kind of ambulance drivers. It's not that like they're everything. They're yeah, they do transport, but they're the people who have to figure out what's going on. 
Now, is it something like, do we have to do CPR here? Whatever. They lose a lot of people. Yeah, I've seen them save a friend level. that was having like a seizure because of uh, his. Uh, he was like diabetic and having a seizure. I seen them just save him on the spot. So like, yeah, they yeah, it's not they're yeah. not just right. Yeah, and then, they don't, then they take them to the hospital, and because of paper rules, they usually don't find out what happens to the patient, like whether they lived or not, and, or whether what they were doing was having an effect. Right. So like in a normal medical setting, you know, you can kind of the feel for the pattern of like, all right, if we treat this case in these kind of cases a certain way, this tends to be the result, right? And you can kind of like improve how you do your thing uh, based on, you know, the results you're getting. They don't get that kind of stuff. They have no access to this, to the data, uh, whether these people lived or died or what the outcome was. And, you know, it paid like 20 bucks an hour. You know, it's, it's not a high paying job. Um, especially considering like the, the rates of PTSD that you would encounter by just like coding people and losing them on the spot, like you know, having to tell their family that are there that you know, they're gone. And all this. this is like, this is just such a hard, I yeah, mean, this... people are now being put in this position. It's like, all right, if you don't take this injection, we're firing you, you know, you're out on the street. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so funny that they, they fucking glorified them as, like, uh, you know, the first responders. They're, like, the first people going into the 9-11 every day. They're the first responders. They're, they're the, the Avengers. They're, yo, that's the you first know, time go, I said the pandemic was because of that fucking meme where it was, like, the uh, Marvel people, like, bowing to these to the, to the par- paramedics. <laughs> and, like, it's fucking amazing now that they've just, like, 180 on them. And they're just like, yeah, you people yeah, are scum. You people are scum. <laughs> there's, there's, like, a lot of cringe involved in, like, the way they do this. Like, all right, here's or 10% Chick-fil-A discount or like we've got these nurses doing a TikTok or whatever but they're, they're on the, you know a really tough job and like even during that I was like alright well like these are a bunch of like you know idiot nurses out in some area where there's not exactly happening but I knew nurses who were working in New York uh, in like what they were going through so you know kind of thought, I was like alright you know these right, I'll buy into like kind of the heroes part of the thing and I'll do it in the same way but you know I, still respect these people it's just funny that they did the 180 uh, on them enormous, just, like, but then they do the one then they do the 180 and i'm like yeah this is just like and the thing about it is like the level of cruelty is insane but it's wrapped up in this effect of empathy right. and of you know right. like hr lady like i'm doing this for your own good and right. you know, we, <laughs> we need to protect the children or whatever you know like governor of new york going on this thing about you know like I, I need you to be my apostles. And you're the smart oh ones. You God. get it. And God wants you to get the vaccine. And I need you to be oh my, my apostle. And I wear my vaccine. Dude, I got to say, I, I, listen, I listen to that shit. That's satanic for real. Like that, this was crazy. That is fucking wrong, dude. Like That, that, that sincerely offended me. Uh, yeah, that's maybe the first time I've said that in a long time. The, the libs spit like... I don't know, what, 40 years, like, complaining about Jerry Falwell type, you know, like, Republicans who wore their religion on their sleeve kind of thing, just to become an even worse version of that. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, like, that's the other 180. It's like they've gone from being, you know, these, like, 2008 Reddit atheist type to then now discovering religion and doing it in the most cringeworthy way possible. Yeah, you're Liz Brunings of the world. Um, right. well, actually, actually, God wants you to go down to Planned Parenthood and like, you know, the baby inside you, he wants you to have its uh, skull crushed in these forceps. And yeah, this is, this is God's plan for your life. Yeah. You know, You've got to like do the, it so we can use the stem cells to test new vaccines. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's and it's um and and, and also the, uh, the 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 oldie but a goodie the um you know Jesus would have been a social democrat and supported uh, uh, all of all of our uh, social safety net stuff and so to say nothing of 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 these programs or anything just this whole just this entire thing of like because that's I feel like that was the first time I heard all this stuff of just being like. You know, you're not you're not supporting these agendas. How how could you possibly uh, how could you possibly consider yourself a Christian? Of course, like blowing past the concept that there's like any other alternatives. It's like it's just one or the other. Uh, You must just absolutely hate people. It's really funny. It's I mean, it's just it's just it's just like feminine emotional manipulation. Yeah, I mean, it just shows to show that everybody is uh, expendable, like how they did the 180 on uh, Cuomo and how they'll do it on Fauci and the religion thing. They can just hop on and hop off and use it how they need. Like everything is expendable. The blacks, you know, the 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 uh, the gay community, you're all you're all just fucking, uh, you know, uh, pawns to them. And uh, you're you're useful when you're useful when you're not. You're not. And uh, that's why I don't get people that have this fealty to them or these people like leftists or whatever. that feel like, oh, you know, I'm going to simp for the regime and the Dems because, you know, maybe they'll they'll save me a spot at this like, you know, at this media company or whatever. Like, you know, like you're. Your 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 time is up, uh, you know, if you step out of line at any point and eventually you're going to be, you know, one too many. You know, there's not that many seats, so they're going to get rid of you eventually. So, like, I don't understand the loyalty to them. They don't have any loyalty to you. Clearly, they don't have loyalty to anybody. You know, look at the look at the racial rhetoric last uh, summer in 2020 and compare it to date to today when they're, uh, you know, 70 percent of black people in New York can't eat in a restaurant now. That's the, like, that's the thing, man. There's, there's a lot of like wig nats that I talk to that think that like, oh, the, these elites really genuinely care about the black people or whatever. They're the sacred cow. I'm like, yo, man, they don't give a fuck about them. I mean, if you're if you're yeah, if they, if they hold out on this unvaxxed thing, then fuck them. It's all for sure. It's like they t- they yeah. spend uh, state of Virginia spends a couple million dollars to take down a statue of late. I can guarantee you they're not going to put up like another beautiful work. Of art. Like regardless of who the statue is of, this is like public art that you know is is nice to look at it's not like these modernist humiliation rituals that they uh they like to put up uh in parks it's like no it's a dude on a horse this is you know this is like uh drip for the community but they you know they spend a couple million dollars on that but they don't they don't you know those resources would be a lot better directed in these other neighborhoods in Richmond, where you have kids who are like 13, 14 years old that know several friends of theirs who have been killed in crossfire from gangs. Right. Uh, the schools are complete garbage. Right. Uh, you know, like it's all like it's all for show. It's like uh, yeah. you know they took Aunt Jemima off the syrup label, but they kept in the high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, <laughs> sodium exactly. hexamethylphosphate yeah, brown exactly. dye, like the thing that was actually the thing that's actually killing people, right? right. And it's kind of like whole black square post on Instagram, sponsored by the same music industry that keeps the master records of young black artists that they sign. You know, they're like 19 years old, and you know they don't have a good lawyer or whatever, and so they basically sign the rights away to their talent. You know, indefinitely. Right. And you know these uh, these people, you know these white libs, laugh all the way all the way to the bank over, and then they're like, all right, post this black square on Instagram, and this is how you can like show your solidarity. And yeah, 
Yep. You know, not to mention that all those black squares drowned out the actual uh, post that was like footage of the street protest that people were trying to get out or like, you know, cops beating people or whatever else. You know, it ended up just like drowning the entire narrative <laughs> of this, like, you know, Insta thoughts being like, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter. And while the person out on the street, you know, no one sees their post, it's getting buried in this. And they've got like a picture, you know, cop shooting somebody at point blank with a, uh, rubber beanbags yeah because it doesn't cost uh, you anything to be woke it doesn't cost you anything to do a virtue signal or change a brand name it doesn't cost it, it attracts a whole new know, market for you these, market. Like, and and you also get to uh you get to own the rednecks at the same time and it's like they're not giving up a part of white culture that they embrace because they really don't have much of one they're not rooted to any uh nation state right they have more in common with and people in one of the other major capitals across the world than they do with people who live in rural communities in their own country, right? So it's like, all right, you get to, we'll sacrifice this other group of white people's culture to think we're not giving up any of our own. Uh, right. so, so you really kill two birds with one stone, right? You get to make a, uh, you know, a, a you get to do your virtue signaling, and then you also get to, um, off the wrong kind of whites that you uh you hate so <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah exactly and you know yeah and uh, i have to i have to mention real quick like uh, uh sanrio pilled uh cyber resistor like he had some article he was posting about how like the beginning of the pandemic 50 percent of the people that were coming into the hospital had mild to no symptoms and i remember oh, uh, yeah. when it all when it all started i was saying i bet there's a bunch of people like the toilet paper panic that are just going to the hospital that don't need to that think they're fucking dying and flogging like clogging the hospitals and they never built more icu beds like you know all that shit it, like it was psychosomatic it actually it actually got really messed up because there were a lot of people going, uh, this is like Elmhurst hospital. Uh, I think it's in the Bronx or Queens, but that was like the ground zero there for a while with the New York search. Had a bunch yeah. of patients coming in that they were just freaking out. It was, it was just, yeah. uh, anxiety attacks. Right. Yes. And so they're like, I can't breathe. Well, yeah, that's a panic attack, yes, but they were being put, it. they were, be, they were being put in rooms with COVID patients. So they did get COVID. Oh my and God. a lot of those people ended up on the ventilators and were killed by it because like you do this oh, yeah. like high pressure mechanical ventilation and you burn your lungs out right so one uh i saw this uh this interview with a nurse who was a whistleblower uh the one patient who survived uh his sedative had worn off enough for him to like rip the tube out the intubation tube mm. and and he pulled through then because like you know even even with oxygen levels dipping, you know, and they're all things like, all right, if it gets, you know, below 90, like throw them on the vent. You know, people like this look, you know, this looks more like what you see with some mountain climbers to where they can get oxygen levels down into the 60s and still be able to have a conversation with you. There are people who could have a normal conversation being put on ventilators there early on and, you know, being killed by, it. you know, people who didn't come into the hospital with COVID, but uh, they got it and then they were told, all right, you're, gonna, you're not going to make it unless we early thing and take up on the vent. Uh, that was just, it was such a, such a mess. I mean, it, it reminds crazy. me of uh, Hannah Eric's quote, uh, like on the banality of evil. Yeah. I, and it wasn't yeah. like this, you know, like with the Holocaust, it wasn't like this grand plan. It was like actually a pretty banal thing. Yep. Uh, when it was in practice, when you know, the mechanisms were turning, it was just people doing their jobs, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that's, that's, 
Yeah, I mean, because there's people, like I said, like my doctor f- uh, friend in the family or whatever that's that's there, and he's just like, you know, people are all dying. And I'm like, I don't think everybody, it's obviously not, not like everybody's in on it, but it's just like they, they set up a system where the media is just scaring everybody over a flu, and then these people come in, and then, yeah, like you said, then they get on a ventilator they don't need, and then they die, and then they get added onto the COVID death tally, and then you get more fear out of that. It's like, you know, it's like, it's a system. It's not like, it's not like everybody's individually, like, the nurses and doctors are conspiring. It's like, you know, it's, it's all the incentives are there. They were getting incentives for like COVID grants in hospitals and all that. Like it's all, it's all, you get uh, get 28 grand for every Bennett patient. Right. And so then the hospital administrators are pushing this. Then they they didn't even have real doctors in there. They had med students and med students are not going to stand up to hospital administrators. And so they're doing whatever they were being told. And you had nurses who had like 20 years of experience being overruled by people who had never worked in healthcare before, like in a mm-hmm. direct clinical setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like this nurse who was a whistleblower, yeah, she had shown us one clip. It was her and this resident uh, arguing over whether or not to resuscitate the guy as he was dying. And the nurse was there like with a uh, with a needle to, you know, give him a shot of adrenaline. And the doctor like, it's like, no. But the doctor would not, or the, the resident would not put in a do not resuscitate order, right? So there's no accountability. Even though, you know, his wishes and what his family was saying is like, do everything you can, you know, full code, try to resuscitate. Um, they weren't allowing the resuscitation, but they wouldn't put in the order, right? So they're evading the responsibility. Um, yeah, I mean, right. just, I think it, it, and it's, it, it's not like everybody's, no, it's not that kind of thing. And it re- right. really is that our, our institutions are this bad. People like yep. Fauci are really just, completely stupid yeah i mean our system's set up for people to fail upward um, yeah yeah for fauci to still be in that position after his performance during the aids crisis that's <laughs> really nuts you know because like he was saying azt was this great thing right it killed more people than it saved it really didn't save anybody uh it's you know horrible drug that they were going to use for chemotherapy and then they pulled it early in the trials because it was killing so many people yeah you'd live twice as long if you just didn't treat the aids Right. And then uh, blocking access to stuff like contaminating, which would like create the pneumonia that AIDS patients would develop and all this sort of thing. So you had, you know, like Dallas Buyers Club, right? The whole movie was right. about right. people doing this kind of decentralized medicine, these patient groups where, and, you know, a couple of rogue doctors, things like smuggling stuff from Mexico and this sort of thing. And then you get, you know, Matthew McConaughey played the main character. He like interviews Fauci over over instagram like doesn't bring up you know anything of relevance it's just like <laughs> so tell us doctor why we should get the uh the vaccine uh right. you know and the guy like funds he funded the research that created the virus right because it, it does come it did come out of a lab uh you know they they altered this thing a bit which is probably why you know, that's the biggest reason i i take it seriously because it's like all right well this thing is not natural so it doesn't mm-hmm. obey all the normal laws uh <clears throat> and he funds research it and you know they're, they're like torturing beagles right and he's like sick medical experiments and now disney has a documentary coming out and you oh, know they, yeah, they, yeah. they do this whole like <laughs> this aoc like kind of like trauma yeah. mining uh topping yeah, oh from the bottom God. kind of thing where so there's like a point where 
What, that Disney has a documentary about this? No. You didn't oh, see yeah. the trailer? Oh, bro, you need to see that, bro. Yo, his lip is quivering. Oh, he's like, I have PTSD. I have PTSD. He's like PTSD crying. PTSD from AIDS. From, from the AIDS crisis. Yo, you, you love that shit. It's real sicko shit. Oh, my yeah. God. I, I think, I I think there's a lot of up. I think there's a lot of people with AIDS that would be jealous of just coming out of it with PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. These, these people that's, are fucking that's sick. That's been also... But also been really sad to see is how like uh, the gay community has just like they, they've completely lost their edge. It's just not. It's, it's Buck not cool. Broken, dude. Buck broken. They're just <laughs> yeah, gonna, they're gonna right. fucking replace all the gays with trannies now. That's just what the plan is. <laughs> that's why they're uh, that's naturally the mortal theory. enemies. That's the no, real, real replacement. replacement no, that's the real replacement theory. <laughs> <laughs> These guys used to like roll up with like coffins to the you know front of the FDA building. Like they staged just you know protest with the best optics, right? And then now it's like you have the gay men's course of San Francisco singing this song like get vaccinated, get vaccinated, and you know every (laughs) single one of them with multiple comorbidities. Like I'm like where are you know like the mustachioed uh, dudes from the eighties? I remember like oh wait. Yeah, where are they at? What is the it? What tops? is it that? What is it that Jack Jack the perfume nationalist says? It's like we're in a crisis of bottoms. It's <laughs> 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 too many. It's too. Many. It's, a, it's a market imbalance. You got too many too many bottoms. It's you know it's it's all like economic supply and demand. Yeah, broken. No, but for real. Exactly. <laughs> no, but for real. They just. Honestly, aside, it's, it's, it's more of like their public. It's more of like their you know. That, I think that refers like even more so to the phenomenon of like, yeah, they're not taking responsibility for anything. And at the same time, like publicly identifying as a whole, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of like, you know, what acts they're actually engaging. In. It's that kind of thing. And it's, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, what like Bap talked about it was like, like these are the people who were born to destroy the regime, the regime. And they've just been like caught up into it as it's, you know, most loyal enforcers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> just, yeah. And just in general with the, the comorbidities thing that you're talking about, it's like, I really, and, and, and the whole thing of it being like, not a really super coordinated conspiracy where, you know, a lot of people like last year when I was acting like schizophrenic about all this, people would be like, you really think everybody's in on it. All the doctors are all in on it. It's like, you know, they don't really have just, to be, bro. No, they don't have to be. It's, it's, this is the thing. It's just you let everybody die from being an unhealthy nation with shit health care and uh, just let everybody die and then count it as COVID deaths. And then, you know, do you do anything to actually fix people's health, like with the comorbidities or increase the ICUs or any of that? Like, no, like, no, you don't do any of that. Nothing. Nothing's changed. All you do is just, you know, extract more COVID bailouts to go where? To, to nobody, to, to some people at the top. That's it. Like, you know what I mean? You just keep the thing going, keep the thing churning. And like, it, it was, it was the excess death thing. It's like this, they were letting everybody die and they just sort of, they subsumed all of it. They just absorbed all of it and just said, uh, you know, it, it just, they reused it for their own uh, agenda and kept it going. It's, also, kind of, it's kind of brilliant. It also made it worse by like changing the, you know, like driving the evolution of the thing into like yeah. ever you know, more virulent variants. So like if they just left it alone without the vaccines, we could have not dealt with Delta, um, which I, yeah. you know, I think the jury's still out on the mortality, but you know, like the mortality, it's, it's bad enough. It's serious enough, but it, it, and it's contagious, but like that's could be said of the original one, but it has like, it has escaped the vaccines. 
Right. And yeah. so the question is, if we keep pushing it, is it going to change enough to invade a natural immunity? Because right. then we're like back to square zero. And like, <laughs> you know, your 80 million people who are now like you know, fully immune suddenly aren't immune to it. It's like, right. all right, so if we go through that again, are we going to get like these add-on effects, right? Like did the first mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. infection like do something to you that would make, you know, a future? We have a situation with uh, this disease called Merrick's disease that affects chickens. We gave them these vaccines back in the 50s. Uh, it really, it wasn't something that they would need vaccination, except people wanted to be able to raise them in these, you know, nasty factory farm conditions where they're all like crowded in darkness and it's you know, like all shits up in there. Uh, they gave them these vaccines, but they didn't prevent transmission. And what ended up happening was it drove the virus to just become more and more deadly. Mm-hmm. Where now, like, it's more deadly than it was before, even to a vaccinated chicken and to an unvaccinated chicken. It's like, thirty yeah, percent mortality. Uh, yeah, I mean they're, they're, they don't uh, they don't think ahead. It's always about like you know what's the next action, right? It's never yeah. there's no regard for you know all right how is this next action actually going to affect like your second and third order consequences kind of thing. It's really like they are they are doing the work for the virus. Like their their decisions. It's not just that they're not, not just that it's not making anything better. That it has no effect on pandemic it said it's actually making it worse yeah it's like you know, we, have these vaccinated, we have these vaccinated super spreaders now then you have a recipe to have like way more local case rates than you would mm-hmm. before some percentage of those are still going to end up in the hospital and the hospitals uh were already strained they're built for efficiency which means that you know they're not built to have access to capacity then people are staff are burnt out from the pandemic they already have staffing crisis and then now they're putting vaccine mandates into place and so they're losing even more staff and so we've actually we've created a situation to where you know the original logic of you know uh slowing the spread to preserve the healthcare system it's the healthcare system's even more fragile uh, in this time we've done nothing to make it more robust right and so now we're actually at this point but we don't have the public buy-in right there's no there's no trust in the institution so you couldn't get people to do anything to prevent disaster because you already you already pushed that button once yeah, and you burn all your your you social know, capital yeah 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 yeah, I, yeah I, yeah, that's it's and, and you know the the other thing I was gonna ask bef- before we end is like uh you know about ivermectin and and American like that company that made ivermectin or one of the companies they they like you know they were like oh ivermectin like is, they like denounced it or something whoa, and then they have this wait 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 hold on hold on are we talking about freaking horse pastry yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's cover your for ears, horses kids. yeah cover your ears kids yeah but there's like yeah but they the company came out with uh, this proposal for a daily vax pill. I don't know if you guys have seen this, oh the God. daily vax pill, which is like, you know, I was jo- I was making the joke about like the movie Equilibrium or whatever, like it's just going to or THX uh, uh, 11. I forget the name of it, but like, uh, yeah, just sort of like George Lucas flick. Yeah, the Lucas one. Yeah, just sort of like numbing you out or whatever. But like, yeah, this idea of like, oh, perpetual variance, like, oh, why don't we just give you a pill every day that will fucking boost every single a vaccine that you take daily? You know, like what a I mean? multivitamin. Like yeah, and they've they've redefined what a vaccine is now. Now, vaccine is like, oh, it just kind of like helps vaguely. It doesn't really solve. It doesn't really like get rid of the virus. It doesn't prevent it. It's been like changing. Now the mm-hmm. definition is like change. It's it's insane. It's insane. Have you call this shit a vaccine? Have you seen the pills? They look like they uh, put liquid diarrhea in capsules. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a brown pill. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Merck had came out against ivermectin, but the only reason that they were and still, you know, that they're manufacturing it is uh, they're able to get tax write-offs by donating doses to Jimmy mm-hmm. Carter's project to provide uh, all these countries in Africa with free ivermectin yeah. because it prevents uh, river blindness, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, certain other parasitic infections. Incidentally, those countries that have river blindness and where these treatment programs are widespread, uh, they have very, very low rates of COVID compared to neighboring African countries. Uh, and we're talking about like 5% of what, you know, the country next door is having. So, uh, you know, that was something that was kind of an early signal that, you know, there can be something here after they had first identified it. Like, all right, it, it seems to work in the lab. Uh, but, uh, you know, Ivermectin's not making a big profit off of selling this to uh, the retail market because there are generics. And, you know, that's the story of pharmaceutical companies. Um, like uh, Gilead, for instance, which I think had Donald Rumsfeld on the board. But, uh, you know, they make the whole, you know, daily preventative pill against HIV. Uh, they went ahead and put out their first formulation, uh, Bruvada, even though it had, you know, these known side effects. And they had a better formulation on the shelf right, that they could have released a lot earlier. They waited until the patent expired for the one until, you know, so it had to be was a generic option. Then they come out with this new one and it's like, all right, it's the same thing, except it doesn't have the side effects. This other one Right. So they'll kind of like slow walk some of their products and yeah, you know, they're actively causing harm to people. Right. We're not going to release this other one until uh, we've exhausted the profit potential of one it would replace. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Ivermectin's been around for decades. So Merck wasn't making bank off it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a 30 cent a tablet kind of thing. Right. And if you order from India or Mexico, it can be you know, as cheap as like 12 to 15 cents a tablet. Uh, but what they've come out with, you know, I know some people have said that, okay, this is just like a rebranded form of ivermectin. If that was true, I, you know, I'd be fine with it. I mean, even though they're selling it for $70 a pill, be like, all right, whatever. We'll, we'll finally get it to people, even if it's yeah, for this sort of, uh, extortion racket. It doesn't work like, uh, like ivermectin the same way. And it, you know, it doesn't have like long-term safety profiles. It works by scrambling the, uh, RNA in the viral uh, proteins, which is like responsible for its replication, right? So it inserts genetic errors into the virus's code, then calls it to like fail. Uh, the problem is, is like, you don't know how well this medicine targets the viral proteins uh, exclusively, or if it interacts with their own, you know, human protease enzymes and scrambles the genetic code of some of those two. Uh, you know, and these are things that like you might not be able to pick up for a few years. Uh, issues that could be involved because you can create a, you know, you can create a disease. It takes a while to really show up to people. So just because something might seem safe, you know, in a two month trial doesn't mean that it's it's going to be safe for people in the long term. And, you know, they're talking about getting a lot of people on it. So we're talking about, you know, big number of people who could potentially be affected. Uh, so, you, you know, that, I, I prefer to stick to things that have been around a while because we actually know what the safety profile looks like for that with a pretty reasonable degree of certainty. Uh, you know, any kind of novel molecules, uh, I, I'm kind of, I, I don't want to be the first to take it, I'll put it that way. Too, <laughs> though, you see how the corporate media uh, and public health establishment work is, you know, they cut this trial short. They didn't even fin- finish it until the, the date they were supposed to take it to. 
the results are so good, we're just going to go ahead and stop the trial now and apply for you know emergency use. And you know, Fauci is like on TV this weekend, uh, all the big Sunday shows, like using it. And you know, you've got like all of these news articles from the corporate press. You know, Twitter makes it a trending topic. It's just it's a lot of PR uh, versus you know those of us who like got suspended for even spelling out ivermectin without you know adding a uh asterisk in there so yeah 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 i didn't even fucking say anything pro like you i didn't say anything pro ivermectin all i said was like i don't care about ivermectin that's literally what i said and i got like a temporary suspension for it it's crazy yeah the algo is crazy on that you know i i I hope it works and i hope there are no problems associated with it i'm not just like you know playing the role of just trying to shoot down anything that they might come up with but you know given the track record with these people uh it's i'm pretty jaded on that point you know i mean i look at stuff like statins yeah it's widely prescribed drug companies push it doctors push it all this no benefit uh all it does is like shorten people's lives so you know they don't consume as much medicare medicaid uh yeah it creates like these autoimmune diseases all i mean just just the stuff right so see it time and time again and see the stuff happen to you know older people that i'm close to and care about and you know people having their health destroyed by pharmaceuticals and so I'm, I'm not you know jumping up and down like when merck has one study that they cut short that they saw some benefit in. <laughs> um yeah i guess we'll see uh We'll be closely monitoring the situation for a lot of the drama. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. I think that's a, a good place to end it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's a solid. Well, solid. I will say that on the, on the horse pace thing, um, why isn't AOC promoting this? Promoting ivermaxin? Yeah, I mean, it's a horse medication. I don't get the resemblance. <laughs> That, that's it's uh, that is a that is a pretty solid point actually that's a pretty solid point i don't know if we ever get her on the fed post i'm gonna have to grill her on uh on her uh horse policy um because uh, know, uh, I'm, I'm seeing a lack of solidarity yeah i've got about three texts from her i haven't responded to you yet. i keep going to get her on the show <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah all right well signing off here i feel like crk might have fallen off there but uh yeah um thanks for coming on man do you have anything that you want to um plug or promote or or anything like that while we have you uh, no, i'm very bad at, uh shilling and grifting ah uh, dude it's all good we actually this is a work in progress we've been given a hard time uh for 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 not uh not given the shill grift opening at the end there so so we're a work in progress we have we have i didn't know you that. literally said that we okay i don't know if you're fucking with me right now but Wait, but all right that was part one of our episode if you'd like to listen to part two you can find that at patreon.com slash fed post thanks for listening